Hello, and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We're going to talk about heavy metal today. Yeah, Pete, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you, Bob? I'm doing well. I am uh, excited for this recording. Um, I, uh, you know, we we do occasionally. Sometimes we're a snack podcast. Sometimes we're a commuter podcast. Sometimes we're even <laughs> a travel podcast. Um, That's just, true. Just got word confirmation today about my next trip, going to Big Bend National Park in Texas. So, wow, great! Pretty, pretty excited. Never been there. Um, been When's close. That? First week in June. Nice. Yeah. So, so uh, it, it, whenever this hits, uh, maybe soon or maybe not so soon. It'll be um, nice and warm for you. Oh, it's going to be quite warm. There. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, anybody not wearing one, one million sunblock is going to have a pretty bad fucking day. Um, <laughs> to quote my, my personal hero, Sarah Connor. So uh, um, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good time. Um, yeah. What, what? Before we move into the business of the day, what is the last delicious thing you ate? Well, before we jump into that, oh, real okay. quick, good, good, good. I I, uh, I actually just got confirmation of a trip that I'm going to do that's, oh. that's that's somewhat on par in terms of being going to a hot place at a hot time of year. <laughs> yes, um, I'm going to Las Vegas the last weekend of uh, August. Oh, yeah, can't wait. Although you know, I gotta say, casino trips. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. matter, right? At a certain point, it doesn't matter. You're walking around in the AC, so. Yo, um, I am. Uh, I consider myself among in, the in few. the AC. I, I meant the uh, air conditioning. Yeah, I, yeah. I always think of uh, Atlantic City, but yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a big Atlantic City fan, but uh, Vegas is. I'm one of the few people who I think, uh, at least in my life, who's like, yeah, I could live in Las Vegas, um, and I'm not even the world's biggest gambler. Like, I'm kind of like nonplussed by it. Las Vegas is a very weird place. Um, if anyone out there listening is looking for a weird experience, uh, go to Las Vegas. Um, go to the north side of the town, north and east side. Uh, go bum around some of the thrift stores. Um, eat at small restaurants and go for a long walk. Uh, it is a wild experience. What what a weird world. Um, weird so, place. Yeah, it feels like you're on another planet. And I like it. So <laughs> I'm excited. I want to hear more about the Vegas trip, maybe offline, because I know, you know, it might be scandalous. Um, it might be. Not very scandalous, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. But no, but yes, snacks. So I actually meant snacks. to have a secret snack right before this podcast. Yes. Uh, and I I I was so rushed that I didn't even get to it. So you I'm know sorry. what? I'm, I might have a secret snack mid podcast and you won't even oh, notice. We'll see. I actually, as I was getting ready to come record tonight, I thought I was like, man, can, is it possible? Can Pete and I record while I'm driving to Taco Bell? <laughs> and like, you'll even get the, Oh, hang on one second, Pete. Yeah. Let me get uh, two uh, crunchy tacos, <laughs> two soft tacos, uh, one bean and cheese burrito, no red sauce, no onions, add beef, and uh, yeah, medium Pepsi. Um, like the full experience. So we might need to do that at some point. Tonight's just not that night. Tonight's not the night, but I think that's like like we're we're you know at some point we're going to be one of those Patreon podcasts. Oh, yeah. um, I'm sure that you know 
all of you listened to a, lot, a few of those. And but the difference is going to be that the the main feed is in search of tracks <laughs> and the patreon feed is strictly in search of snacks yes where yes. it's just bob and i once a week recording from a taco bell in yeah. some far corner of new jersey yeah like a fancy ice cream place or a shitty fast food eatery yeah, yeah or exactly. a weird diner yeah call us call us guy and fieri we're here we're not fugazi but we are here for your food it'll be um, good food gazi uh <laughs> pete <laughs> What are we listening today to today? We're going to talk about Judas Priest. We're going to talk about their second record. W- wait, w- w- what? Okay. Sad Wings of Dis- Destiny? Sad Wings of Destiny. Yeah. I mean, do you remember how this one got on our list? I do not. Let's hear it. So I I, I, I don't remember exactly, but I, ju- I think it was just, <laughs> we were talking about reunion records at one point. Yes. And Judas Priest was on the list of reunion records because I think um, Angel of Retribution, which was the record, came out in the early 2000s when Halford rejoined the band. Um, That got downvoted for Iron Maiden's comeback album with Bruce Dingitson, Brave New World. That's right. So we did that a while back. But uh, we did have a lot of people that wanted us to talk on a Judas Priest record. And I think the overwhelming majority said that they wanted to hear about Sad Wings of Destiny. So this has been on our list for a very long time now. Um, and I think it was the fact that they just did their 50 year reunion tour that reminded me of it. And I said, Hey, let's just, let's just do this record. Shall we? So, uh, that's, that's how we ended up here. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I had never heard this record before. I'm familiar with Judas Priest. I'm familiar with, uh, British steel. I'm familiar with what's the one right after British steel. Uh, help me. Um, uh classic uh, fuck come on you were the judas priest fan oh i, thought I was gonna <laughs> i see I, one screaming for vengeance oh my god for vengeance. Oh okay my god. see i i have a hard time with the um for some reason the chronology of judas priest records is tough for me so so okay so here's the ones i know um hellbent for leather british steel I probably know point of entry and then I know screaming for justice. See, I don't think you do. Like you don't that, think I do. That, that's the weird thing with priest is like, I listened to, I, I went through and listened to a bunch of these records and I, Hold I, on. I, some of them just like, they don't have hits that you even know screaming. Well, so here, let me give the reveal. Pete, I worked at a screen printing shop. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, yes, um, I knew this that record got me. got play. This record got play. Sure. And so did those others. Um, and that's where I got to know Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and mostly just the classic versions. So shout out to Jeff. Shout yeah. out to John Meat. Uh, shout out to even Chris, I believe, who who was a, a fan of these records, if I recall correctly. Um, and certainly my friend Dave was was a fan. I don't know how much of a Priest fan he was, but he he's a metal guy in general. Um, uh, it's all to say I was completely unaware of this record. Okay. See, that's interesting to me because I love Iron Maiden, as you know. We've covered yes, that yes. on this podcast. Um, so the the big question was always like Maiden versus Priest. And I always fell firmly on the Maiden side. Right. So I got into Priest like much later just because people were like, well, 
okay, so you love Iron Maiden, but like, how do you feel about Priest? I'd be like, I, I don't know. I got yeah, nothing. You, you picked the side and you stuck with it. I did. Yeah, truly. So, so at a certain point, um, this was actually the record that someone put in my hands was Sad Wings of Destiny. So I oh. heard this record front to back before I ever heard, you know, British Steel, for example. Oh, that's amazing. That's really yeah. cool. Because like, British Steel is the one like, I think you would hear. Yeah, yeah, right. Like Breaking the Law and, you know, all of that, mm-hmm. obviously. So um, that's the thing. And then I, I always liked Priest, but I never loved Priest. So I would just kind of casually you know, find their records in the dollar bin and be like, all right, like stained class hits sin after sin never hit me all that much, mm-hmm. you know, point of entry never hit me. Uh, but then other records had hits. Like it's one of those things I've never disliked them, but I've never loved them. And their catalog always seemed really spotty to me. So I don't know, man. I've I've always had like a, a funny relationship with Priest, but this was one that um, felt impactful to me at the time that I heard it, just because people, you know, I, I guess it was pushed on me so so aggressively by by certain people. So I'm surprised that this is one that never came up for you. Never came up for me. Um, and let me say this: I wish it had. So cool. um, a little little teaser. Um, and we kind of, you know, I think that explains why we, we got into it. Um, if you love British Steel, does that mean you would automatically love Sad Wings of Destiny? I uh, no, I don't. Think I don't so. think so at all. I don't think yeah. so at all, and re- vice versa. But um, I could not believe. And I mean, wh- when did this record come out? Seventy six. This was seventy six. Yeah. Right. This is firmly seventies heavy metal 70s rock heavy metal yeah lots Um, of sabbath going on here lots of sabbath lots of sabbath lots of deep purple yeah deep purple i hear some rainbow yeah um yo it's in the bag if you like that stuff if you like that stuff you really need to hear the first half of this record (laughs) and that's that's where that'll be a tease um i was so from the second I put the needle down on this record, so to say, from the second I hit play on Spotify, um, <laughs> I was so pleasantly surprised, especially I was coming off some other listens, some stuff that I was like, eh, I kind of felt like I had the ick on me, Pete. I had the the feeling, the audio version of I need to take a shower, but I can't take a shower for a few hours. I'm just going to feel gross for a while. Yeah. Sad Wings of Destiny was that shower. I felt great listening to it. I was surprised. I had no idea that they had sounded like this, and I was. It really took me to a good place. Oh, I love it. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. Um, I don't have any big asks other than: Is Rob Halford? Uh, Ian Gillen is the singer of the noted singer of Iron Maiden, correct? Uh, Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson. I'm sorry. Where am I getting Ian Gillen? Bruce Dickinson. Who is a better singer? I'm not talking frontman, but better singer. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's tough. Ah, so I, 
I, I think I mean even that you have to think about it makes me makes me give a little bit of a win to Mr. Halford. Yeah, I, I I mean I think it's I think it's Halford, but I but I just I have such a I have such a spot in my heart for Dickinson. That, so if you like what yeah. Bruce Dickinson does, I think you might be able to say, look, he does what he does better than Halford. It's just that Halford has a bigger range. And yeah, I don't think it was till this record that I realized quite how how big that range was. Um, yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else before we dive into this record? So, I have one question and one statement. Ooh, love it. So, the question is, can we even consider this a heavy metal record at this point? <sighs> I think you have to really note 70s, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, hey, this it was the 70s. It's a different era. Is Deep Purple a, a metal band? I mean, that's the question. I mean, right. if, if, you, if you show this that to a kid that's Black going to Sabbath, see... Black Sabbath, a metal band. Yeah, I mean yes. exactly. The, yes, the answer is yes. Black Sabbath is a metal band, okay. heavy, but they're heavy metal, and it's the seventies, and everybody understands that's a little different. Um, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of the. It's the Neanderthal. It's not the Cro-Magnon. You know what I mean? Like true. It's it evolved into heavy metal, sorta, and you can look at it online, but it's not the same. You know, some different different uh, DNA in the work. So. Um, it is, but you can see on this record, this is actually, this is one of the highlights of the record to me, is that you can see where Judas Priest was going, and you can see where metal was going from this record. Yeah. More so than I think you can on, on Sabbath records as much. You, you, you get there, you know, I think you get there, but but this record's like, oh, like... Sabbath's defining records to me are the, the the first four, first five. Sure. Um, this is not the defining Judas Priest record. Judas Priest's defining records come later and define the sound, you know, um, of heavy metal nineteen eighty. You know, right. um, and this record's seventy six, and it's got some of the uh, the seedlings, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I, I I could push back on that a little bit, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that at this no, point. No, push, push, push. Yeah, please. I mean, well, well, it's just that, like, I mean, I I do think this could be considered the defining priest record, just in the way that this is. If you listen to Rockarola, the first record, yes, they leave that in the dust real quick, and this is where they actually kick off into what I think they would ultimately become. So, like, the DNA of priest is all here in this record more so than it is in the the, the first record. We're saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. This is the start. But if when I'm saying defining. Yeah, it's, it's British steel, British steel, you know what I mean? And like, this might not even be number two. I think this might be number four. I think you put, um, I think, uh, not screaming for jet vengeance. Um, What's the the one you mentioned before? Uh, stained glass, stained glass. Yeah, stained or, glass. Uh, I think stained glass, and then killing then, machine. Or, yeah, yeah. Th- those start Hellbent to get for leather. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hellbent for leather for sure. Yeah, um, that starts to be more in the defining. But um, all that said, I might prefer this. So do do do. Um, you had a statement as well. So the statement is that I think I inadvertently did the most research for this episode than I've ever done. Really? Yeah, and it was like huh? just kind of accidental. So um, peek behind the curtain, we record these episodes much earlier than you end up hearing them. Um, Judas Priest 
just came through New Jersey and played uh, a show, um, their 50th anniversary tour. I think it's been postponed maybe two or three times now. Right. Um, and I was not going to go on my own accord, but I got a text from a friend who was just like, hey, if I buy a ticket for you, will you come to this with me? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so I went and saw them. Um, okay. Which, which I had seen them before, um, but it was always, honestly, it was always kind of inadvertent. Like one was a job that I was working. Actually, the last two, I was working at the venues that they oh, played. So I ended up played, seeing right. them. So this is the third time I saw them. But again, I like didn't go there on purpose. So um, they were great. It was fun. I'll talk about it more throughout the episode if we want. But like, then the second thing is I love rock autobiographies yes and i've had halford's book on my shelf for a few months and i've been kind of rearranging my schedule and trying to read a lot more this year as kind of a new year's resolution in a way so love it um i'm on my sixth book i think of the year as of uh oh, may congratulations doing, uh, thank you i'm doing pretty good and i just finished halford's book this morning so um, I, I, I read a lot about, uh, Judas Priest's career over the last few weeks as we were preparing for this episode. So I can't wait. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so sad wings of destiny, you, you laid it out. Um, this record, I, I don't know rock roll but this record certainly is proto to their defining era. You can hear a lot of stuff being developed, but it's certainly a different sound than, they that they actually they eventually come to yeah um and i guess I, i'm sorry just to clarify please. like my point before i mean rockerola i think if you listen to it it's almost like you can't even connect the dots and i think that's the point i was trying to make like oh yeah with with this record you can connect the dots with rockerola you can't even like if you listen to it, it, it feels just kind of out of place and singular. It feels like a completely different band. Well, and I, I think I'll, I'll even put the point on it. I think you can draw straight lines from some of the moments on this record to where they get uh, in their, their prime era, we'll say. Sure. Um, even though the sound overall on this record is very different. Um, uh, and I think it's just, uh, I was impressed. I was kind of curious that I had never heard it, but I think it's one of those things that happens with bands who end up having a peak that's later is that you might miss out. You know, uh, it's funny because uh, Pink Floyd keeps coming up here. Uh, <laughs> there's people who only like the very early Pink Floyd records, not their, you know, commercial success. Right. So, so that was a thing that forced me to go back and listen to that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I found different elements that I enjoyed, et cetera, et cetera. Led Zeppelin is a different thing where, where many people only like their earlier to mid era. And for me, <clears throat> For me, I was always curious about their later era as well, so I, I found stuff there. Um, with Judas Priest, for some reason, I'd never even had the inkling to to dig further back, and I'm really pleasantly surprised that uh, at this activity because, as I mentioned, as soon as we put it on, I felt good. I was excited about it. I really enjoyed it. So that's um, awesome. Do we want to just jump into the track by track? Um. Let's do it. Let me just give a few quick fun facts. Yes, please. Go very quickly. Um, so this was their second album. It came out in 1976. Um, they apparently recorded this record over two weeks for about 2,000 pounds, which is all the, the all that their label would give them at the time, wow. which in 1976 was not much. Um, 
And Halford has claimed in numerous interviews, including his book, that it, that this is his favorite Priest record. Um, Interesting. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. It. And the other thing I think that um, is notable is this is, it was co-produced by Judas Priest. Um, if you look at kind of the, 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 uh, the album. Yeah. But every record since has been, you know, technically co-produced by Judas Priest because they, they take a very active hand, I guess, in producing their records. So I thought that was an interesting note because they were so unhappy with the production of the first record. So just a few interesting little fun facts there. Yeah. And, and interesting that it started that early and kind of continued throughout the career. Yep. All right. Track by track. Victim of Changes, first track. I want you to go first just right, because so, you were so new to this. Uh, simple metal, so many foundational pieces. I, I love the guitar progressions. It's chunky without forcing it, even in 1976. Um, there's just this steady beat. Heads are bopping, you know. Um, I love the vocal, like love the vocals. I don't know if Rob Halford ever <laughs> sounded better than he does on the first he half of this so record. He sounds so good on this. He sounds so good. He's he really is channeling Aussie, but he's he's so he's got such range that you also hear Dio. It makes me go, damn! I never would have said Rob Halford could have sang for Black Sabbath, but he could have. Um, he's got range, and it's much more seventies than he gets later. Yeah. Though you hear inklings of that as you continue on this record, especially on side two. Um, and there's there's kind of a magic to a seven minute long guitar rock metal song to make it work. And this as track an intro it. too. Yeah, yeah. yo, this this has it. And I think this song, like I said, uh, I kind of it fits really nicely. It's somewhere between Sabbath and Rainbow. There's certainly a little bit of worship, but also they're doing their own thing. And I'm like, oh my god, like. When I heard it, I was like, this song is awesome. Like, really, yeah. really like this song. Yeah. No, this is like an all-time pre-song to me. Yeah. Um, and I think for them, too. I, th- I think they've got more or less played this at every show. But mm. it's uh, it's just awesome. It's mid-tempo. It's yes. like there's great movement on it. There's great sway to it. Um, it's a great opener. It's eight minutes. I mean, it, it's it's like this epic, almost like proggy, like rock metal song, but it, it yeah. goes by really quickly. Um, there's a slower kind of breakdown in the middle of the song um, that I really like. Um, it's it's definitely like on the more progressive spectrum of hard rock, but it like, you know, it doesn't go too deep into that. 
Um, his, his vocals, like you said, I think are fantastic. Um, the guitar leads are great. The production is great. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think this is a, it's like, it's an all timer really. So, yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah, no, no question. Really good. Um, it's, it's, I, I think that w- the only thing that was striking to me on this listen was like, just how much Sabbath is there. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Because yeah, I mean like, like the first Sabbath comes out in what, 1970 and this is 76 and yeah, there's a lot there. Because I, I guess when I was a kid, I'm like lumping all of it together and not really thinking about what you mentioned, I think, last week on the five-year increments rather than the 10-year increment increments, right? Yeah. Like like they're taking from Sabbath. Sabbath happened five years earlier. Makes a lot of sense. Sabbath happened five years earlier and in that meantime had written, you know. Tons of tracks. Yeah. Tons of tracks. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think so. I, I just, and, and it wasn't, it doesn't come off homage either. It's not like they're just riff lifting. It's it's just like, hey, this is definitely our a major influence. And I, I enjoyed it. Um next track, The Ripper. Um, I think this is a great second song. Yes. It, it it flows right in. The yes. energy keeps going. Um the what I noticed, at least to my ear, Certain songs on this record, the vocals are super up front. They're they're always more towards the front, but some songs they're like way too up front. Yep. And I feel like this song they like really just like like ramp the vocals up. Um it doesn't necessarily hurt the song in in a lot of ways, but I just I feel like at some points you're just like it's a, it's a little bit jarring. Um that's the only kind of criticism that I had of it because overall I think like the guitar riff is awesome. Yes. There's like some psychedelic effects happening in the background at certain points. I love his like vocal cadence on it. Yes. It's it's an awesome song. Evil sounding song has this real like thematic feel. It does roll right out of Victim of Changes so well. Yeah. While also just establishing like, hey, we're not the whole record's not going to be we're not one note, you know? Yeah. Um I think this is a nice precursor to their more trademark sound also. Like I think sure. you start to hear that like right here, like, oh, okay. There there there's a little bit of there's some bite to these songs, you know? So Yeah. Really very like British it. too. Like very oh. like overtly British. Yes, yes. I truly enjoyed the song. So um Dreamer Deceiver. So this is like it's it's interesting because you get victim of changes. It's mm-hmm. this like progressive hard rock eight minute song. Then you get Ripper that's like kind of hinting it almost like thrash metal. Like yep. like you can see you can draw that line. You can start following it. Yep. And then Dreamer Deceiver breaks breaks down again into like a slow ballad that feels like country fair music. It's like <laughs> so English, you know? Um Yes, again, they're they're kind of showing some range here musically. There's almost a chill tempo to it. Yeah. Um, I hear proto black album Metallica in this okay. song. Okay. Some deep purple here for sure. I was Obviously gonna say deep Sabbath. purple and Zeppelin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and some Zeppelin. Yeah. No, that's a good point too. You're right. Um, yeah, it, uh, a good song. I'm still here for it. You know what I mean? Um, it starts to get interesting like this uh, as it flows into the next song, which is called 
deceiver, which is a little confusing because you have dreamer deceiver into deceiver. Deceiver, yeah. Real, real quick. I'm sorry. Before yeah, please, we go please. into deceiver, so the last thing, like, yeah, I think to your point, dreamer deceiver, it's kind of two halves, right? So it's like it is almost a six minute long song. Yes. Um. The 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 kind of country fair first half Zeppelin Deep Purple proto yes black album vibe is the first half and then the second half is a little different but the second half has some guitar solos that i think you know it's interesting to think that maiden's first album came out four years after this the guitar lead in this song really feels like maiden because it has it's like this twin guitar attack yeah um that maiden ultimately ended up kind of really owning yes that's right and and to me there's like proto maiden here oh interesting. Um, which is I, kind of fun do you think they would cop to that or no i think they might i mean i i think that maiden at this point may have been like playing clubs as like a really like a, as like an early early iteration of the band yeah so so i i have to think that there was influence there but yeah i don't know and then yeah deceiver this chillin' metal without it being seen as a diss because i don't mean as a diss no i i I think that makes sense i like it i'm with it it. i'm with it so uh like it again you know if we see this kind of as a connection i'm with it i think and that ends the a side of this record which i feel is really strong yeah this one deceiver i i also think of this one as like proto thrash metal yeah it yeah, has oh, that yeah. feel, but I, but I also, I, I feel what you're saying where it's just like this driving hard rock song. It's like the chugging riff. Yep. It's very Sabbath, but it's like, there's nothing that really stands out about it, but it's like just mesmerizing and it's kind of repetition. Yes. Correct. Yeah. I think it works and it's a good ending to the A side. Get the prelude, um, which I said, fine, fine. Uh, it's, just long enough though that it might be skippable yeah i mean it's this is a funny one yeah i mean it's just like it's like this experimental weird intro to the b-side it doesn't really connect to the song that it goes into no which for me like what's the point of the yeah what's the point of the intro if it doesn't really fit where it's supposed to fit it sets a mood, but like then you set that mood off by the next song. So yeah, I mean, it's short enough where I don't care, but and it's inoffensive, but it's also just completely unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just kind of one of those weird things where it's. I was having that thought, like, okay, if this leads into the next song nicely, cool. 
if this is short enough, cool. Yeah. If there's something that pulls me in about it, cool. And it, you know, strike one, strike two, strike three. It was still <laughs> just fine. I wasn't bothered by it, but it's it's long enough that if I was listening, I might just, you know, skip ahead. Yeah. Next track, Tyrant. Tyrant. Um, overall, cool prog, hard rock song. Um, I feel like almost... This almost rivals Victim of Changes in terms of like the different sections and time changes that it okay. has. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but it Definitely does it. It does it all in like almost half the time. It's like four and a half minutes rather than almost eight minutes. Yep. Um, this is another one where the vocals just feel almost too upfront for me for some reason. Um, and the drums in retrospect, and like the drums like feel so low in the mix, and the vocals feel so high in the mix that. It just like the sound of it felt jarring to me, but overall, I like this song a lot. So we get a little bit of the uh, what I call fast talking Rob vocal style, <laughs> um, which you get more again. That's like a, a trademark of some of the Judas Priest style. It's like now I am talking this way, you know. It's it's not right. quite the Bruce Dickinson, but it's a little more in line with that. Um, it works. Lots of personality. But I kind of like what he was doing with that halfway Aussie on the A side. Sure. Um, there are a lot of parts. I think it works well. It's a little bit bloated here. I think in comparison, even though it's half the length of uh, the Victim of Changes, it's a little bit more. There's some guitar wanking. But there's back to center moments that are really solid and I think hold the whole song together. So it's a good song. It's not it's not as good as I I don't think it's as good as any of the uh the first the A side stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean the 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 chorus is so strange. Like the tyrant. Like you just it's one of those things I feel like he's throwing everything at the wall and like he kept a lot of this throughout Priest's career and then he dropped a lot of it very soon after, right? So, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, 100%. Um, next side, next side, next song, Genocide. It goes on a bit too long for me at six minutes. Um, it just doesn't hit like the other songs on the record for me. 
Um, there's like a drum break and build up in the middle that I think is really cool. I like those laser sounds they're using, Yeah, <laughs> but, 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 uh, but overall this one just kind of falls a little flat for me. That's where I, I feel too. Um, I like that they pick up the pace through some of the sections. Um, the drummer gets to shine a bit here and yeah. in ways that he didn't, uh, on better songs, to be honest. Um, there's a little bit of tasteful percussion throughout it. Um, there's a lot of swagger on the guitar licks, um, but they don't move me again like some of the first half. Uh, it reminded me of something else, not quite Deep Purple. There was a little bit of a ZZ Top feel to this song. Okay. And I don't say that as a diss, but that's a pretty specific sound, um, even on their best material. So um, good, not great, not totally a cut, but also uh, I wasn't I wasn't here in love with it. Um not going on the Spotify playlist. Not, not. It's not a track. It's not a track. Not a track. And uh, Pete, let's get weird. Epitaph. <laughs> Last two songs. Epitaph. Epitaph. So, what if Judas Priest had just decided to go in a completely different direction? What um, if Judas Priest said, "Hey, William Joel from Long Island, <laughs> what would you do to here?" No, uh, there's a little bit of Billy Joel. I guess you could say maybe it's a Queen energy. Yeah, I was going to say Queen Energy, yeah, yeah. I guess, but it doesn't achieve it as well. Um, Halford's certainly doing something different here. Um, if you couldn't tell, there's a prominent piano on this track. Yeah. Doesn't do anything for me. I mean, th- this is something that, like, I know that Priest kind of preceded all of the new wave of British heavy metal stuff. Yep. But then ultimately became, like, a big part of it, right? So, like... yes. This is something that no new wave of British British heavy metal bands even attempted at any point in their careers because they started a little later. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, this is like, you never hear this on a Maiden record. You never hear this on like a Witchfinder General record, you know, or, you know, uh, Witchfind record or whatever. So like, it's, uh, it just feels out of place. And I, I don't know that they've ever done anything like this. So it feels almost firmly of a time in a certain way. And they, I think to your point, they don't, they, they tried for the queen and they, it feels like a real, like, yeah, a pale, pale, pale version of that. Yeah. Like a really poor man's version of it. So like, that's the thing about Judas Priest is they, they eventually end up at a place where they have that full confidence on 11 out of 10. And you need that to pull off this kind of song which Queen did. Judas yep. Priest just couldn't pull it off here. It just didn't. It just, the song doesn't work. Um, I mean, I think here's the thing. Like I mentioned before at the top that they, they had a very limited recording budget for this, but even had they had infinite recording budget for this, I'm not convinced that they would have pulled this off. Fully agree. Fully agree. I just think they weren't they weren't in the right place for this. I, I don't. Weren't, they weren't equipped for it. This is I, like not what they do well. This is a um, we're exploring the studio space on our second album and trying new things, and we're pretty we we think we're pretty good at some stuff, and they certainly were. Yeah. Uh, this just was. Um, hey, it's better to stretch and fail than to not stretch at all. So right, right. Um, but this was certainly a, a miss. Um, Island of Domination.
Before we get in wholehearted here, I want to ask you, are you familiar with the movie Moana? No. Okay. I know of it. Are you familiar with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? <laughs> I am. I mean, he was one of the voices on that. He's wasn't one of he? the voices. He sings a song in that. He sings a couple. Oh, he's a singer and, now. Oh, 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 and he has his own songs too. You have to hear these. Oh, good. Um, there's there's parallels to be made between <laughs> Mr. Halford's vocals here and Dwayne <laughs> the Rock Johnson's performance on both. Um, uh, one of his more popular solo songs, as well as the uh, what can I say? except what can i say except you're welcome um moana songs he does this real pitter pat cadence okay that halford hits out here um he flexes a lot vocally uh for a final song and yeah. it was interesting because some of it really works some of it is like stuff i've never heard on any other judas <laughs> material i'm familiar with yeah um but it's, it's it's an interesting choice um this, yeah. this song does give me a very proto british steel style even though it doesn't totally land the plane no it doesn't totally land the plane i always would have i, I always thought of uh dwayne the rock johnson as a huge priest fan so yeah that that tracks um no i mean uh this one like it's yeah it's 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 interesting i mean it's it's again them like throwing pasta at the wall and seeing what sticks yeah it's a hard rocker. It's like, it's very black Sabbath to me. This one, um, there's like more complex riffing, I think on this song than a lot of the songs on this record. Yeah. Like overall, it's a good closer. I think his vocals get a little wild as a song though. It's, it's, it's fairly strong. I just, I I don't think that like works totally well as a closer. Um, yeah, I don't think this. I, I don't. I don't think it's a very strong t- closer. Um, it doesn't really totally bring a, a sense of completion to the to the record. Yeah, it's not awful. It's not an awful song, but you you it ends up, and this is kind of what I've hinted at. It ends up being part of this B side that falls flat. Yeah, so, the A side is so promising. It's like, oh my god, it's really vibrant, and it's where you start to go. Oh, okay, this is a band who's still finding their sea legs. And there's real hints of brilliance all over this record. I actually think it's, as I noted it, it, it it's, if I actually had to listen to this versus Hellbent for Leather or British Steel, those are probably better records than this. But this record is really charming. Um, even as I note that like the B side is not nearly as strong as the A side. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing here is like, to me, a lot of. And I don't know, you know, again, I'm not like a priest connoisseur. I would have to go deeper, but like, I don't go to British Steel a lot. I don't go to a few, like, I guess a lot of the more popular priest records a lot, just because I feel like they sound a little samey, you know, like they have the hits and then like the non-hits sound somewhat similar to the hits. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, I feel like there's enough variety in it that it keeps me interested, even if I don't like some of what's on here. So... Yeah, I don't know. They're yeah. they're an interesting band, and this is an interesting record for sure. So super interesting record. And if you're uh, casually familiar with Judas Priest, um, you should listen to it. If you're into any Black Sabbath uh, or '70s hard rock metal, listen to this record. It, it's a fun spin, and it's it goes by faster than you'd think. 
I think. Um, I think yeah. it kind of moves pretty quick, especially when we're like, yeah, the first song's seven minutes long. You know, it's like, well, I know. Okay. Yeah. There's numerous like long songs on it, but it's a 40 minute record that really flies by. Okay. Uh, Pete, let's get into our ratings. So, holistic the hel- quality. Holistic the overall, quality. The, how is this? this? Is a good record? Would you recommend it to someone? Pete, I give it a 16 out of 20. Wow. I yeah. gave it a 14. Perfect. Great. Uh, as I said, felt really refreshing. Highs out of ten, I gave it an eight. Okay, I gave it an eight too. I just think, yeah, a victim of change, victim of changes is that strong. I mean, I think victim. I, the first side is so promising. Yes, yes. Like I could, I could just put the A side on repeat. Honestly, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, lows, I gave it a three. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it gets it gets rough. Competency peer review, Pete. I gave it an eight. Okay, for the A side mostly, it's just the strength of it. I, I really felt and and some of the seeding for their prime era. I think this is a great place to start and to see how it how it grows from here. Yeah, I gave it a six. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was being harsh, but I just I I feel like. I mean, I could have been being kind as well. I think we're. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the seventies is like really dense, man. There's a lot going on at the time, so it's it's. I was trying to think of their peers, and like, there's so much happening at the time that. So, so if I was not to compare it to Sabbath, right? Yeah. But then, I mean, to you the can't rest, compare it to Sabbath, right? To compare it to the rest, I think the A side of this really stands up. I think yeah. it's really good. Like, I think it it's is. really, really strong. So, um, that's that's the strength of it. Um, it there's no way it could have gotten a nine or a ten. Period. So probably, if I factored in a little of that pull down on the B side, um, and really, it's like if I look at the B side, Prelude. Who cares? Doesn't can't hold that against them. Really, yeah. Tyrant is good. I, just not as good as the A side. Genocide is fine, not great. Epitaph's bad. Island domination <laughs> is fine, pretty good, not great. So it's more like the A side is great and the B side is fine. Yeah. So, um, drag factor out of ten. Despite the fall off, I didn't feel like this record really dragged. There's the one song where it drops off, but I, I still I didn't I didn't hold it against it. I gave it an eight. Okay. I gave it a seven, um, pretty much for the same reasons. Yeah. Where'd you put it for flow? Flow, I gave it a five. Um, just because, I mean, there's like the weird interlude that I just feel like doesn't serve any purpose. Um, the epitaph just really doesn't fit anywhere. Um, Island of Domination is not a particularly strong closer. So, I mean... I felt like five was splitting the difference because I think the A side is so strong. Maybe I could have been a little bit more generous and given it a six or a seven. Well, but and I, I gave it a six. Five. I gave it so. a six for a lot of the same reason because the flow gets thrown off when you hit the B side, and that yeah. counts. So, yeah. Um, aesthetic out of ten, I gave it a six out of ten. I thought the record is cool. I like the okay. album art. It's cool. Didn't I think they end up hitting like. Some of their album covers become are very iconic and just look incredible. So uh, even yeah. if the the work on the records isn't as good as the album art, um, some of their albums are so amazing. And I think this is really good. I like the music more than I like the art. 
Interesting. Okay. So I really like the art for this actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I mean, so I, I guess I like the aesthetic of it and maybe I was impacted by reading Halford's book, but if you look at the cover art of this record and then you look at the cover art for painkiller painkiller, mm-hmm. which Halford and the band saw as like one of the most defining records of, of, of that band painkiller the the figure on the cover of painkiller is supposed to be like a futuristic version of the 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 person oh, on the cover of this yeah. album yeah and yeah, then yeah. if you and then if you look at angel of retribution it continues which is halford's comeback yeah that's like the third version of this same figure oh, um so, I, so right. I like i like the continuity of all of that and i like that this was kind of what they saw as the beginning of that so I so like maybe that, that maybe okay. that impacted the whole thing, but but yeah, I give we're, it a seven. You gave it a seven. Well, we're not far off, anyways. Um, yeah, impact and influence out of ten. So I gave it a seven. Okay, because of this record specifically, I don't think was a huge influence, but you can hear where it becomes that, and I think that you get the seeds for something that became very influential. Um, so you can't you can't say it's not influential because this yeah. this is a, a starting point for a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah, I, I gave it an eight. I I I feel like I hear this record referenced a lot by people. So so I just have to imagine that it impacted a lot of bands and musicians and yo. It totally you know, could, and, and it could just be off my radar. Yeah. Um. And, and yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm I think, not going to deny. It. I just think that the popularity of some of their they're, you know, what I'm, what I've referred no, to as their course. prime era is so much larger, you know? Of course, of course. I mean, I, I, I think that when you look at their catalog, it, they had so many albums in such a short period of time that I think you could have jumped on the priest train at any point, really, right? And it might be equally impactful. So, so this is one that I always heard referenced a lot. I feel like, you right. know, maybe you and I were just like in different circles that were listening in to different, different spaces priests, with it, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's interesting how that can happen with bands but like but but yeah so i give it an eight yeah and i'm a seven so um and intangibles i gave this a nine on intangibles because it was such a breath of fresh air two it was a surprise to me how much i enjoyed it and that that counts for something people and three i wanted to make up for some of the areas that it might have given a little bit of room like like that influence or the aesthetic like there's some wiggle room there um, so I gave it a nine because overall it was just a really nice listen. And it's the A side of this record is something that's going to uh, fall into rotation for me, for sure. That's awesome. I gave it an eight. Nice. Which brought me to a total of 66. And I'm at a 71. Wow. Yeah, I really like this record. I thought it was that's really awesome. Cool. Uh, Pete, do you own this record or will you be adding it to your collection? I own this record, um, although I listened to it for this exercise, and it has a few skips, and it doesn't sound great, so I might have to find a replacement copy. I will be adding this record to my collection. Really enjoyed it. I, I'll be looking for a used copy because, man, uh, records from the 70s are typically plentiful, um, and if you dig and find them, it's a really rewarding experience. It's fun. You know, I got to say real quick before we end, I feel not great about my rating because i feel like i like this record more than a 66 okay let's talk about it that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles and it's like uh, it's a it's a truth test and uh for for the deep cut 
in search of tracks pod listeners we will be doing a couple re-rating episodes sooner right or later and you might have heard a few already who knows yeah um but yeah i'm i'm really excited about that i was actually thinking about it uh in preparation for tonight's recording like yeah we got to get on doing those as a reason to revisit some records we've listened to but also like seeing how the cookie crumbles when we break it out like this yeah um i've been pretty happy with seeing where i fall and sometimes surprised and sometimes like oh yeah that sounds right on so (laughs) yeah everybody uh follow us at tracks pod on instagram and twitter and you send us those giant uh verbose or quick efficient into the point emails to trackspod at gmail.com everybody we wish you well and until next time Goodbye. back on the report. You'll soon shake with fear. And never knowing if I'm near. I'm sly and I'm shameless. Nocturnal.